Hello and welcome everyone to episode 65 of the AppDVs podcast. I'm your host Chris Rogers and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between June 5th and June 11th, 2022, including the production intent light year zero that was recently announced and what it means for solar EVs. Hello everyone, I hope that you all had a great week. The first news story of the week, which I believe all Aptera enthusiasts should check out, is a video from Aptera that they put out from the Electrify Expo, which was in Long Beach, California last weekend. I think I said it was in San Diego, and you'll have to forgive me for my lack of familiarity with Southern California geography, or I guess also reading comprehension, because it was very clearly in, in Long Beach, California, not in San Diego. In any case, Audra Leslie, Aptera's community success manager, provided a summary of Aptera's presence at the expo and what I would characterize as an overwhelmingly positive reception that Aptera received. It it was apparently a very popular booth. And in fact, if you go on YouTube now, you'll find numerous videos from a range of channels that I hadn't seen before discussing Aptera. And they were able to travel to the expo and see the vehicle in person. Um, in the in Aptera's video, there was also an appearance by Chris McCammon, the content specialist at Aptera, and um, in in the video, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more stuff from him in the future. Hopefully, maybe come also coming out of the the Electrify Expo as well as other events. In any case, moving on to a few takeaways. First, we got something similar to the or we got something similar previously in the Rich Rebuilds video. But at the 1 minute 15 second mark, you can see what looks like a person laying down in the the backseat of Aptera. And you get a better perspective of what that looks like. And I'll say with the important caveat that we have no idea how tall that person is, you can see how much room is in the back seat of the vehicle. Especially if the the first seat is able to be lowered in some way, and I think there's going to be some kind of cover in the back seat to extend the kind of flat platform in the rear of the vehicle, and not to mention also that apparently the rear of the vehicle in the beta prototype was lowered a little bit, creating a little more room, and the vehicle overall was extended a little bit. There should be enough room to sleep comfortably one or two people in the back seat, which is very impressive. Not just because I think there's going to be a large number of vehicles that are going to be using their Aptera as a bed, although, you know, based on the strong interest in the camping package, it's, it suggests that there is going to be a decent segment of Aptera owners who will be sleeping or attempting to sleep in a backseat. But I think this is significant because of the implications for storage space. Um, you, you know, it, it's huge. I mean, they say 25 cubic feet. You'll have to forgive me. I don't know what that is in metric space. And in fact, I don't even really know what 25 cubic feet is. And, and I don't really have a, a quick reference point of like, oh, 25 cubic feet, that's way better than 15. I just know it, it just, you can see in that video when they did the, the grocery shopping trip that it's a significant amount of room. Um, and you can, you know, in comparison, the Arkhamoto, which is another three-wheeled vehicle, um, they had a booth right next to Aptera in, at the Electrify Expo and that's the size of vehicle that I think most people think of when they see an image of Aptera. And Arkhamoto is a, it's a single seater. They call it a fun utility vehicle. There's a little bit of storage space, but people see the Arkhamoto, then they see the Aptera, and they think that they're the same size. But the the vehicles are 
fairly different in terms of the the segments that they're targeting. The Aptera has a lot more utility in the form of storage space. Second takeaway from the Electrify Expo video, I really like that in the video you can see some brief clips of differently sized people sitting in an Aptera. I saw another impression, uh, you know, in one impression video um, from the EVs with Kaz YouTube channel where the host said that uh, he did feel that the Aptera was a bit snug on the inside or on the inside. And for me, I'm, I'm happy to get those kind of additional reviews from, from more people, more impressions of what it's like to be inside the vehicle, because these sort of reveals will be very important to check back on um, because it was the alpha prototype at the Electrify Expo. But in the future, presumably EVs with Kaz, the YouTube channel, will be able to get into a beta and a gamma, gamma prototype. And the difference or, or lack thereof in comparison, that will be important to see, you know, and I'm really curious if, you know, people who've been in multiple versions of the vehicle, do they feel like it's better now? In what ways do they think that there could be some challenges for differently sized riders of, uh, of the or passengers in the vehicle? And then third, uh, the last piece of news to come out of the video is that Aptera has a new website to track and post events like the Electrify Expo. If you go to aptera.us slash events, you'll be able to see what's upcoming and you can add an Aptera events calendar to your preferred app, you know, either Google, Apple, or Outlook, et cetera, et cetera. The next major event that's coming up is a Q&A webinar that will be on Tuesday, June 14th at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern time, and 6 p.m. UTC plus two, which is the local time in Berlin, and for anyone who's in Central Europe in that time zone. So you can figure out what time zone that would be for you around evening in around the European region, uh, noon East Coast, uh, 9 a.m. West Coast US. Um, I've certainly got my list of questions and I'm really looking forward to it. The second news story of the week, and I guess I would say the biggest news story in the world of Aptera followers, wasn't exactly related to Aptera, the company itself, but came from Lightyear, the Dutch electric vehicle maker that is, or in startup, that is also making a solar electric vehicle. They've announced, and they had a short video presentation on this, the production intent version of their new vehicle, which is called the Lightyear Zero. It was originally called the Lightyear One and revealed the final specs and pricing for the vehicle. In this video, we got some new information about the progress towards production. One quick side note, I was under the impression that the hub motors that I that Lightyear was using were developed entirely in-house. However, they announced last week as well that they developed their hub motors in partnership with Alafe. So it just deepens the connection between Aptera and Lightyear. And you can see why why many Aptera fans, including myself, the reason why I'm discussing them even now, have been tracking the progress of Lightyear as we all try to predict when we'll get to drive our Aptera and, and where they stand in terms of production. I would say one of the biggest news of the announcement, and I've buried the lead a little bit on this, was the price of the Lightyear Zero which is 250,000 euros or about $265,000 US. Holy moly. 
that's a significant increase from the 150,000 euros that I saw and discussed way back in April 2021 of this podcast when I first discovered Lightyear as a company. And, and this price is what I really wanted to focus on today because I'm trying to figure out how two vehicles with so many similarities could be so far apart in terms of pricing. Just to do a brief recap of the parallels between Lightyear and Aptera, the Lightyear, I guess now Lightyear Zero, not Lightyear One, is, is a lightweight vehicle that utilizes composites in the case of Lightyear, it's reclaimed carbon fiber. It features a LaFe design hub motors, a less than 0.19 coefficient of drag, which is an improvement over the 0.20 that they said last year, but it reflects a focus on efficiency of design. That actually goes down to, I mentioned the hub motors, but the wheels themselves are actually designed to be thinner. And they announced a partnership, I believe, with Bridgestone, Bridgestone on particular tires developed by them to reduce the rolling resistance. So you, again, parallels in terms of efficiency of, of the drivetrain and the, the vehicle's performance. And an estimated range of the vehicle is 390 miles under the WLPT cycle, which is down from the originally quoted 450 miles. And about um, 43 miles of range per day or, or 70 kilometers per day potential from the solar charging superficially that basically that's what you would expect from a five-seater four-door sedan aptera going through a few of the differences the light year zero is bigger naturally because it has rooms for five passengers it's four wheels instead of three wheels there's shorter range there's a higher drag coefficient and there are much slower performance times in terms of zero to 60. i think they're saying under 10 seconds compared to five and a half seconds for the two-wheel drive Aptera and three and a half seconds for the three-wheel drive or the three-motored Aptera. Adding it all up, and I have a few theories as to why the Lightyear Zero is a much more expensive vehicle. Number one, this is, and I think this is among the biggest, if not the biggest reason, it's something that they state in right up front in the reveal of the production intent version is that they're still trying to Lightyear is that they, they're still trying to prove out the technology that a solar electric vehicle will work everywhere. They'd like to do that before attempting a vehicle for everyone, which naturally a vehicle that costs a quarter of a million euros is, is not. You could, you could buy a house for that amount of money. And the Lightyear 2 is the vehicle that they're targeting production in 2025 at 30,000 euros. That's a much more affordable vehicle. And in short, the price of the, the Lightyear Zero, I think they might be saying something about a Founders Edition vehicle that's limited. That's in, intended to, to subsidize the cost of development on the Lightyear 2. So it's not the price of that vehicle alone. Baked into that price is the cost of development. So that, that's a big part of the, of the price. Second, I think what's going on here is that they're pricing the value of never charge into the car. Basically, they're saying that if you're never going to have to pay for either gas to fuel your vehicle um, or for anything from a high-speed charging uh, station, you're not going to have to install a high-speed charger in your home. They're saying that that's worth at least the, well, that's worth some of the 100,000 euro bumper that they put on the original estimate for the price 
of 150,000 euros last year and now. And in fact, maybe they're pricing that into where they came up with that 150,000 euros as well. It's the the added value of convenience that you never have to worry about charging your vehicle, that you don't have to to add any infrastructure to your home, that it doesn't matter where you live in terms of your proximity to charging infrastructure, high-speed charging infrastructure. It, the car just goes for most people who don't take it on, on long trips. And even if you take it on a long trip, if you can leave it out in the sun for a long enough time, you'll be able to make it home. And this is a really interesting argument to me, assuming this is some of the justification, because it's the one that I think Hughes closest to Aptera's future pricing. In, in both some of the messaging on Light, Lightyear's website and what Aptera has spoken about, both companies mentioned the difficulties of, of charging infrastructure, meeting the, meet, or meeting the demands of electric vehicles on the road and what you can project into the the significantly growing electric vehicle market. You know, I might discuss this in a podcast in the future, but uh, Bloomberg uh, Renewable Energy Finance recently put out a their annual electric vehicle report, and it you can see the the growth, especially in Europe, has been huge in terms of EVs. A lot of people talk about the growth of EVs in China, which has been significant. In Europe, it has been has been huge and it's also been huge in the United States and the rest of the world and, and you look at what the needs are for charging infrastructure and you know one way to get around that to negate the need for charging stations altogether is with a solar electric vehicle that you'll never charge. I think Aptera has been more transparent about this but I wonder really how much lobbying Lightyear has been doing for governmental support for an EV that doesn't add to the burden of charging infrastructure on our electricity grids and from that perspective, it's possible that Lightyear's high price may not be that steep if you factor in A, the lifetime savings of gas prices, and B, the potential for subsidies and or rebates from governments for solar electric vehicles that maybe Lightyear is clued into will be coming down the line. I should restate that this is just a, a theory of mine. This is pure speculation, but it's one of the many reasons that I won't be surprised if Aptera increases the prices of their vehicles in the future to to basically say hey you know there's a cost of the vehicle and there's also there's this avoided cost that you know is is really 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 valuable and regardless of any supply chain issues and rising battery costs you know they could look at their 23,000 pre-orders which by the way is up from the 21,000 pre-orders that I stated not even a month ago in episode 61 um, and after might decide that the value of never charge should come at a, a more of a premium than they're charging right now. Uh, moving on, the third reason why I think the Lightyear Zero costs so much more than Aptera is because of these stark dis- differences in the manufacturing processes and the resulting costs. On Lightyear's YouTube channel, they have a video on Valmet Automotive, which is a Finnish manufacturer that will be making the Lightyear vehicles. That's from about July 2021. And if the video footage is to be believed that that's actually what the manufacturing process looks like, you can see that for Lightyear, it's very similar to what you see across the automotive industry. It's a complicated and capital-intensive process. Now contrast that with Aptero, which has the six sub-assemblies, the front suspension, rear suspension, battery, body, closure, and interior. And, and they plan for those from the start to be as simple as possible. They've got human positionable 
parts. You know, they recently had their partnership with Red Viking that is supposed to simplify the the whole assembly line, and it's just a much more simplified design for Aptera. Now, I will say, just because Aptera is more simplified and less complicated, doesn't mean that the company doesn't have to raise a lot of funding. You know, the announcement from last week about Marathon Capital shows that the company is certainly in need of funding. And, you know, on top of the amount of, you know, of, of pre-orders from, from multiple crowdfunding rounds, you know, they still have needs for, for money to build out the infrastructure to pay for the design and manufacture. But a car like the Lightyear Zero is just going to be orders of magnitude more in terms of manufacturing costs than Aptera. And, you know, this is why, you know, even their, their 30,000 euro Lightyear 2, um, you know, it's likely it's part of the reason why it's at least three years out from, from production. You know, they're, they're trying to, you know, bring down these manufacturing. They're basically trying to amortize the cost of manufacturing of the vehicle and the light year zero. And, the, and then once that, you know, that manufacturing cost has been paid for, then, you know, they believe that they're going to be able to make a much more cheaper vehicle. Um, you know, my, my last theory as to why the light year zero costs so much more is that, you know, they're just going after a different market, a, a more luxury environmentally, you know, I guess, you know, they're both environmentally minded market, but it's a much more luxury market um, as in contrast to Aptera's market, which is much more price conscious. And, you know, this has been true from the start with, um, you know, their post about their vegan leather interior and luxury jets destinations in Europe that you can drive your light year to that were on our website. Uh, you can also see that there's a business justification for this. And, and it's straight from the Tesla playbook which started with an ultra luxury vehicle or vehicles with the Model S and then the Model X, and then started selling just a regular luxury vehicle in terms of the Model 3 and the Model Y. Um, you know, with their record breaking delivery numbers every quarter, you know, there really seems to be a huge benefit to Tesla from the price expectations that they set with, you know, their top of the line P100D Model, Model S from even several years ago. And now people are, are still, they're looking at this $50,000 Model 3s and, and Ys and they're going, oh, you know, like that's that's definitely worth it. You know, this is, you know, the expectations have been anchored high. And so, you know, their their vehicles are just, are back ordered. There are plenty of reasons for that, but I think there's a, you know, when, when there were Teslas that were being, that cost over $100,000, it really makes a $40,000 Tesla look like a, a steal. Um, and you know, since Aptera started with an introductory price of twenty-five thousand nine hundred dollars for their lowest cost version, it's going to be interesting to me to see what happens in the future if they reveal some models, you know, the sedan and the utility vehicle segment that cost that have the lowest price starting much higher. I will say that with eight hundred million dollars worth of pre-orders right now. I think that Aptera is going to be well positioned to succeed despite the the low prices. I don't think people are going to judge them too harshly and say that oh you know this should be a, a cheap cheap vehicle. I think people are looking at it. A lot of people right now are looking at it as as wow this is incredible. I, I think if you do the math on eight hundred million dollars worth of pre-orders, that's coming from the Marathon Capital uh, a partnership announcement. You know they're going to be leading a Series B funding round and as well as providing. I guess additional expertise. I'll include the link to that in the show notes for this episode. Um, 
you know, if you, you know, if you do the math on eight hundred million dollars worth of pre-orders, twenty-three thousand pre-orders, it comes out to a little less than three hundred fifty thousand dollars average price of the Aptera, which says that most people are are buying something. Suggest that there's a lot of people that are buying the 600 mile range and 1,000 mile range Aptera, as opposed to skewing towards the 250 mile range, which is I guess we already knew that most vehicles were at least the 400 mile range versions. But it, it suggests that there's a lot of people that are looking at it and they're going, oh yeah, you know, they're willing to pay higher prices for Aptera. Um, moving on, you know, the real burning question for me after seeing the Lightyear Zero reveal is whether that big jump in price portends a future increase in price for all Aptera models. I should point out, I believe the 1,000 mile range Aptera already got a small bump in price to, to a little over $50,000, up from $44,000 several months ago. So it, it wouldn't be unprecedented at this point. And some might call this you know, a, a selfish desire on my part because I've already pre-ordered an Aptera. But I, I really hope that they're able to keep the prices that they announced way back in December 2019 for the other models. Um, and, you know, beyond just I hope this is part of magical thinking to justify that price commitment. What I'm really saying is that I hope that Aptera's ethos of efficiency in all things is and has enabled cost savings to the company that allowed them to increase the margins that they're going to get on each vehicle. Um, even with the same prices, um, you know, I believe one of the reasons that companies you know, increase the prices on on their products is is you know on the one hand there's market demand, but there's also you know margins that a company is trying to to meet, and so if Aptera has found ways to save money, you know they may have increased margins, and so you know they can look and they can see oh wow you know we've got more demand for this vehicle. But, you know, if they were expecting to make, you know, X amount of dollars on the vehicle and now they're making, you know, more than that based off of successful supply agreements that are now going to cost them less to manufacture the vehicle than they anticipated. And if they, you know, if they, they keep finding ways to save the company money, you know, that's going to allow them to make more money as a company without having to, you know, gouge their customers on, on, on the other end. You know, one example of this is, their 250 mile range vehicle is now going with a 22 kilowatt hour battery pack. When they were originally thinking about the prices of that, you know, a it's not a huge difference in size, but that's that's a smaller battery pack. And so, you know, with batteries being the largest cost or component in an electric vehicle, they have a smaller battery pack. It's saving the company money. I hope that they're they're finding little areas like like that to save money and increase the margins on the vehicle. Um, having said that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath that, you know, that, you know, that, that this is exactly what's going to happen. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't think that they're going to drop some bad news during the upcoming webinar on Tuesday, but it's, it's, it's my biggest question. You know, it, it's not, what is a production timeline? Are you still going to be able to hit 2022? You know, they'll make the vehicles and they're able to make the vehicles. It's, it's, what can people who pre-order the vehicle expect in terms of a price increase? You know, going back to the light year, you know, that car managed to improve its coefficient of drag and it has a worse performance in both in terms of range and acceleration um, than the Aptera. And so it's not like they they increased the battery size and they and they did a bunch of things different. 
but they still saw a 66% price increase over what was already a very high price. Um, you know, we've already seen industry-wide electric vehicle price increases, and so I'd like to know sooner rather than, than later if, if that's going to impact Aptera reservation holders. You know, this was, that was basically the, the deal breaker for Skylar with the Rivian. You know, you pre-order the vehicle, and then, it, you know, surprise, it's, you know, it's going to be fifteen, seventeen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 more than you expected before they then increase it by, by even more. I, I can imagine that I'm not the only person in this boat. And so, you know, maybe on Tuesday, but hopefully very soon. In conclusion, yeah, I, I should have said this up front, but, you know, I'd like to congratulate the Lightyear team for making it to a production intent vehicle. That's the milestone that pretty much every single EV startup stumbles at. I just saw a news story about Faraday Future explaining ethical lapses that resulted in disclosures to the the Security and Exchange Commission. That's the, a financial regulator in the United States that resulted in errors that they made. And the number of bad headlines that I've seen come out of that are associated with Faraday Future, uh, not to mention Lordstown Motors. Um, you know, that's that's a, a previously they had announced that Alafe was going to be making hub motors for their pickup truck, and that company has just been an endless cycle of bad news. So the fact that Lightyear has made it to production intent is that's an incredible milestone. And going back to Lordstown Motors, I'm also excited that a key partner for Aptera seems to be succeeding because it would do Aptera no good if one of their key partners also experienced some sort of financial difficulty and problems. And, and so more partnerships for Alafe is better for the financial health and solvency of that company and will ultimately improve or result in benefits for Aptera likely. Um, I'm gonna to link to the Aptera Owners Club video on the Lightyear Zero announcement. I'm gonna put that in the show notes because you know they have a great video on this topic, including some interesting questions. You know, one point on their in their video uh, was about the potential for a partnership between Lightyear and Aptera, which I agree that I think that's a really interesting idea. Idea, you know, solar EVs they've got to stick together. You know, at minimum, I would hope that Sono Motors, Lightyear, and Aptera could do some sort of coordinated government lobbying efforts because solar electric vehicles are a really unique solution and a really important public policy tool for decarbonization of our of our personal transportation infrastructure without putting additional burdens on electricity grids. Um, I'm interested to see what happens when the first light year zero owners hit the road in, in Europe and, and you should look for me to, to talk more about it on, on this podcast. And that concludes episode 65 of the Apt EVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you also enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. Also, my referral link is included in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit for an Aptera. The Apt EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, um, Anchor FM, etc., etc., if you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore evspodcast. You can also send audio messages through the podcasting website. 
Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. 